Good afternoon and welcome to Vintage Orange on KUCI 88.9 FM. I am Ellen Bell and thank you for joining me again on a Wednesday afternoon where we talk about Orange County history. I'm happy to be with you today and uh, today we have uh, I have some people here with me in the studio. That's always exciting when I actually have live people in the same room with me. It's always a lot more fun. I have um, I have author and, and a local... Um, Local writer Andrew Tonkovich is here with me, and he has here to talk about a really exciting project that has just been completed and is out here for you, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Hello, Andrew. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And I also have to say hello to, um, I have a little intern. I know, for those of you that listen to this store, this show often and know how many mistakes I make on this show with engineering, you might be horrified that I actually have an intern here, but I do, and she's lovely. Her name is Paula. Hello, Paula. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a student here at UCI, and you're studying journalism, is that right? Yep, literary journalism. Awesome. So you're in the right place. You're here I on the right know. day, actually. <laughs> I'm excited. Well, great. Well, thank you, and hopefully uh, this will be a good learning experience for all of us. And so, Andrew, thank you for coming and talking about your book, Orange County, A Literary Field Guide. And I am really, as I told you before we start out, I'm really enjoying this, this compilation. Tell me a little bit about this project. What is your book all about? Thanks. We like to call it the first ever survey of literary Orange County, something around 120, 130 years worth of selecting representative and perhaps some of the best fiction, nonfiction, memoir, and poetry that has been inspired by the place or come out of our county are beautiful, sometimes benighted, but mm-hmm. certainly increasingly important and influential county. And the book is out from Heyday, which is an excellent California publisher. And my co-editor is Lisa Alvarez, uh, to whom I also happen to have been married for about 30 years. Very nice. So we worked on it together, and it represents a lot of fun decision-making and difficult decision-making well, it you know you you'd mentioned this before that a, a book like this can only be so big. I mean, you did have to have <laughs> there are constraints of how many people you can include, and and that must have been a really difficult decision. Is is who to include? Um, not how to find great works to include, but how to limit them. Right, and one occasionally followed the other, where people would recommend work that we didn't know about, frankly or hadn't considered. So we did a lot of reading. Granted, Mm -hmm. we've been sort of thinking about the project for quite a long time, but then when it came time to make decisions about what to choose, you're correct. It it, it was a challenge, but we tried, of course, for the first criteria, meaning literary excellence work, which would be recognized immediately, Mm -hmm. independent of what kind of an anthology it appeared Mm -hmm. in. And then secondly, we're trying to shape a kind of a story about the county and it was my wife's I think kind of brilliant idea to finally at some point sit back and say that we couldn't tell the story chronologically because that would be confusing and interrupted so that we kind of artificially divided the county into six different regions kind of geographic and topographic reasons so mm-hmm. the r- regions so that you will find sections called uh, the coast, another called the flatlands, 
one called Santa Ana and Orange and so on. Six different areas where we thought we could fit stories most appropriately. And that's exactly how the book works. And I, it's, you, you kind of nav- navigate yourself through the book um, by area. And and so it's you call it a field guide, a literary field guide. And I really like this concept because, um, it, like you mentioned, it takes about the, the idea of a, a field guide is traditionally a naturalist book. Uh, tell me about why you think that goes well with with literary works well I'm glad you appreciate it first of all it's a kind of homage to heyday itself which is this kind of legendary people's publisher which commits much of its resources to indeed the natural world so if you go on the heyday website you'll see that they have done regional books about the Santa Ana River about counties in California about the Sierra Nevada so they're kind of eco-consciousness seemed finally to make sense for us even though we were doing this arguably from kind of a different discipline from the literary arts on the other hand I'm pleased that you navigating as you put it through the region and honestly I would expect people from Anaheim to immediately go to the Anaheim Mm -hmm. section Mm -hmm. or if you grew up in a certain area you might be your curiosity might be piqued by way of seeing what was there about Irvine So, indeed, the book can be approached in many different ways. And my own dream, my ambition, I suppose, is that the book shows up in non-traditional venues. And that might be at John Wayne Airport, at the gift store Mm -hmm. there, the bookstore. Because when visiting this county, of course, you can just get a traditional tourist book. Or you can print out stuff from the internet about where you should go. But this takes a little bit more contemplative and more historically based and certainly more artistically considered uh, sort of look at the county. Well, a marriage between art and nature is a natural thing. I mean, this is a, a very uh, comfortable relationship in this book. And so I, and I do notice how pretty much in every little selection that I've read, there there is this grounding in nature. There's grounding in setting. There's grounding in, uh, you know, the trees, the the beach. The, the natural world of Orange County is very much a part of each of these pieces. And so I think it's really a, 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 a logical choice to call this a field guide um, because you do get a sense of the flora and the fauna and, as, and a sense of place of where you are um, through the through the artwork and the writing here. Um, you know, it's funny, I, I was thinking about this because so much of Orange County is kind of a... Um, Contrived, you know, it's it's been planned, it's been created, um, it's been you know how where we are where we sit right now on the campus of UCI. It was, it's all part of this master plan idea, and so the sense of place was really kind of thought about and intentionally created in places like this. And um, how how do you go about looking for that sense of place in the pieces that you were selecting? Well, luckily the artists, the writers themselves seem indeed to have been very much grounded by and um, sort of uh, informed by the place. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of exceptions where maybe the people predominate or there's a more developed sense of the historical narrative, 
but indeed when people celebrate their memories or when they offer a critique whether it's a political critique or otherwise place is very much a determining factor one of my favorite pieces is by the this terrific writer named th watkins who produced a book about 20 years ago and one of the chapters is him revisiting his childhood by way of a trip down to dana point and it's very poignant because he hadn't been there or hadn't seemed to have been there for perhaps a lifetime 20 or 30 years that's exactly the kind of premise that we were looking for Mm -hmm. how do people observe and participate in and consider and write about and remember place now there's a couple of wonderful examples of going well beyond that for instance the more sci-fi or speculative writing that happens where for instance uh, James Blaylock kind of makes things up or where we go into a future uh, often a horrific future but that has just enough connection to the uh, arguably bizarre features of the county to make it seem just as real but a lot of these people uh, spend a lot of time out of doors one great thing about Orange County to which I'm still a relatively new transplant about 20 years ago is despite it being a physically smallish county in California but with a lot of human density there is still as I'm sure you know Ellen lots of the natural world that's Mm -hmm. been set aside preserved there have been struggles over that like the toll roads and the open space uh, challenges and land use management issues and so on but it's still a remarkable place from the mountains all the way down to the sea. Absolutely. And I, I give, when people come, part of what I do is I give people um, relocation tours when they're moving here. And I love taking people around and surprising them um, in Orange County because they, they generally come here with one impression. They think that this is, it's all going to be one thing. It's either, you know, all master plan community, it's all the beach, it's whatever. And I really love surprising them with out of the way places that they're not expecting. And um, I think what this book does does is it really um, accomplishes that as well. I mean, Orange County is a very, uh, it's its not monolithic. It's not all one thing by any stretch. And uh, you, you do a good job of capturing a lot of the different places and a lot of the different voices. I mean, it's its uh, its definitely not all from the same kind of, of speaker. You know, tell me a little bit about that and, and how you were able to choose different voices for this piece. Well, again, we had been slowly, I guess, convincing ourselves to embrace perhaps the role of booster rather than skeptic or not just engage the place by way of our work. So Lisa and I are both collectors of books and we're readers, of course, and in another part of my life I edit a magazine. So indeed, as one might, we started collecting and soon owned dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of books. And then good people came forward and said, here, I have a first edition of Terry Stevenson's book about the Silverado Mountains, or do you know this particular, in in one particular case, a a memoir about a young woman who grew up in, uh, I believe, Santa Ana and later became a Santa Ana police officer. Well, the only way you know that is kind of by living it and understanding. So we did st- sort of begin to to see 
a number of different people and voices and experiences. And I should say, I've learned, I've taught myself a little bit about the county. I'm by no means an expert, but I've also been writing for the Orange County Weekly for, well, since it started. Mm -hmm. And the challenge, which I enjoy every week, of producing one of the small calendar picks of the week means that I really do have to find out where something is and why a particular, I don't know, theater company is has been doing its work for 50 years or what neighborhood is this particular activity set in, a, a concert, a show, an art gallery opening. So we've that's been one way that I've been able to sort of get into the different areas of the county and meet new people and discover uh, voices. So some of these voices, to answer your question more directly, will be of people... Uh, writers with whom your audience will be familiar, such as MFK Fisher, who went on to be very well known as a memoirist and as a so-called food writer, but was just a really terrific writer. And in her case, like so many people, she grew up inland in Pasadena, and as was the habit, at least for a certain class of people who could do it, summers were spent at the beach mm -hmm. because it's so bloody hot up in <laughs> Pasadena or Altadena, right? And so she grew up summers in Laguna and she's very fond of it and n knew the place very well. And then later when she grew up a little bit, she wrote a very funny, scathing, but in its way kind of warm appreciation of, the, of a fictionalized version of Laguna. Uh, this would have been still 60, 70 years ago, but the themes of development and tourism and real artists versus these kind of wannabe artists, so that's all there. E.L. Doctorow, one of our, of course, nation's most important fiction writers, essayists, political commentary writers, he was teaching at UC Irvine in the MFA writing workshop and ended up setting part of uh, a novel called The Book of Daniel in Corona del Mar and at Disneyland. So you get a special frisson of kind of uh, excitement and familiarity when you go back and read a novel like that and understand the circumstances under which it was written and you recognize the places that he's talking about yeah that authenticity of it and um i i i think i like how you describe there's there's kind of a um you know you know tongue-in-cheek isn't the proper term but there's a little bit of a satire in the piece that you were mentioning about laguna beach and yet you do get at the same sense that there is a warmth and there's a love for this place and i think that is a theme i see going through your book as well um it's by no means a um a postcard uh, a puff piece about orange county it's not generally a chamber of commerce send-up of the place but it's also there's a lot of love for place in there as well and and for better or worse, we are all part of it, and and I think it gives a very um, an, a, a very accurate sense of um, if if not if that's not a viewpoint you share, you know that it exists. It's authentic, and it's it's a really good way to kind of feel all the different layers and, and textures of Orange County is through these different voices. And and it's not all voices from the same era. There, I think that's one of my favorite parts about this whole. Um, 
anthology is it's not just modern day writers. You've taken people from all different types, different time periods, and they are represented here. Exactly right. We we again had to make choices, but one of our frames was to try to include contemporary work, some of it published quite recently, but also have work as far back as the turn of the century, and to try to make the collection diverse in many ways, not just the predictable or necessary ways by way of addressing, for instance, the uh, various sad histories of exploitation or of diminishment of various elements of the human experience, but for instance, it just turns out there are an awful lot of women writers in this, which we didn't plan. Hmm. We just we became very excited about uh, work that was from writers who happened to be from this area or were influenced by it. Jessamine West, who was a really big deal, one of the nation's leading novelists, and who grew up in Yorba Linda and writes about it beautifully. And of course, Joan Didion's in there writing about Irvine and MFK Fisher, who we mentioned, and then contemporary writers like the poet Emmy Perez and um, my friend Marie Connors, who also has taught at UC Irvine. So uh, we didn't we didn't try to manipulate it or or engineer it too much, mm-hmm. but of course our ambitions were to offer the kind of, I guess you'd say, collage or quilt perspective mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that uh, that you seem to have divined in the again it's it's eclectic but we're trying to say that the place is not only an easy stereotype and it's not a kind of what you might call uh, go-to resource for easy jokes but that there are sincere people here who have struggled with a number of kind of some of them unique issues again the the change of the physical landscape being as you mentioned earlier probably one of the most profound and that's probably we could arguably say that's probably the biggest thing that's occurred in this area in the last certainly 100 years is the transformation of this place um, has been dramatic and so uh, without any further ado I would love to share a little bit from your book if that be okay Andrew Um, oh I'd be so pleased I would love everybody's been you know we're talking it up they're like let me hear something so uh, (laughs) I mentioned that the book is organized around sections and just to review the sections are the coast and the beach towns, Santa Ana Mountains and the canyons, Santa Ana and Orange, which for historical reasons really do influence the, the history of the, 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 the creation of the county. Mm-hmm. The flatlands, not to diminish them, but that's what we mountain folk call the basin. <laughs> uh, Irvine, which merits its own section, and Anaheim. And one of the uh, not surprising elements of the book is that there are an there's an awful lot of writers who have a connection to UC Irvine. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd introduce one or remind people and just read a tiny bit from uh, a novel. Thanks. My teacher, the late Oakley Hall, uh, co-founded along with MacDonald Harris the Masters of Fine Arts program here quite a long time ago. And it's been a fairly big deal that's brought to public attention quite a number of poets and writers and memoirists and uh, represented in American letters today 
and among his many novels, Oakley Hall produced one called Report from Bow Harbor. And I think if I just read the first couple of paragraphs, people understand why, why we chose this. In fact, Oakley and his family lived in Newport Beach, which it becomes pretty obvious is what Bow Harbor is uh, <laughs> uh, based on. In a sweatshirt and old blue swimming trunks, accompanied by the lead-gray Weimaraner Butch, he ran on the stretch of sand between the black rock jetty and Balboa Pier, spidery-legged in the morning distance. The beach in its entirety extended from the channel to the mouth of the Santa Ana River along the Balboa Peninsula, a three-mile sand spit narrow as a beetle leg, half beach and half crowded residential streets terminating in the clenched fist of Peninsula Point. The peninsula enclosed Balboa Bay and Newport Harbor, in which were two large islands, a number of smaller ones, and over 8,000 pleasure craft. Older residents of the area complained that they now paid yearly in taxes as much as their property had originally cost. As he jogged along the damp sand, Butch splashed through the shallow water, compensating for his master's slower gait by continual joyous switchbacks. The pier loomed. He tagged the damp, creosoted wood and reversed his course. Now he could see the boats spilling out of the channel mouth, sails blossoming beyond the jetty. Soon surfers would appear with short belly boards and languid, bikinied girlfriends would spend the day reclining on the sand as spectators to the wave riding. Families would come with blankets and lunches, fishermen, skin divers, couples with transistor radios. Frequent helicopters would pass over the beach with abrasive rips of sound, Marine Corps training gunships from the nearby El Toro Air Base, lifeguard and sheriff patrols. At night, aerial police would harass young lovers with a floodlight and bullhorn. Thirty miles offshore, Santa Catalina was fading behind the smog draining out of the Los Angeles basin. He could remember when the island had floated magically close with its buff cliffs and green icing. Still, once in a while after a rain, it would reappear briefly in that remembered clarity, Catalina and the northern mountains standing close in the washed air. I love that, and I know exactly I can. I know exactly where that is, right? I mean, that's what you can say when you read each of these pieces. Is they they are literary. They could be someone from who's never been here could appreciate them, but for the people who know these places, it's just that much more special. And that's Oakley Hall writing in about nineteen seventy seventy one. The tension juxtaposed with the beauty and what is obvious a bit of regret and loss becomes in the novel one of the major themes because in 1970 and 71, even here in Orange County, the conflict that uh, challenges the narrator, the, the, the voice that we, uh, from, the perspective from whom we hear the whole, the whole book, is struggling with uh, kids who are resisting the draft uh, the tumult on the campus by way of protesting the U.S. war against the people of Southeast Asia, his changing relationship to mores, his relationship to his wife. So it's a gorgeous device for him trying to get in his morning run and make sense of the world 
and kind of account for the natural world at the same time. So it's a sense of place, but also a sense of history. That's right. And he's not in a good place. Mm-hmm. He turns out to be, in some ways, not a very nice guy who is trying to reconcile kind of the American dream and confront with he, what he's had to do to arrive at this place of, well, let's say prosperity in Orange County, uh, but still a very sympathetic figure and as you mentioned gorgeously described mm-hmm. by a master of the craft mm-hmm. the book is called report from bow harbor and uh, i think oakley wrote about 25 books uh, while he was teaching here at uc irvine well and i thank you for reading that that's a selection from orange county a literary field guide and my guest today on vintage orange is andrew tonkovich who um along with lisa alvarez has put this together and uh i will fortunately for all of you uh we will be back in the next half hour to read more from the book if i can lock the door and make andrew stay is that okay thank you (laughs) you're not allowed to leave uh so we will be back after the break uh this is kuci 88.9 fm and i am ellen bell Welcome back. This is Ellen Bell, and this is Vintage Orange here on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm continuing on for another half hour, and to let you know, the girls from Trendy Talk will be here next week at their usual scheduled time. But I'm continuing on with my guest, Andrew Tonkovich, who is, uh, it's very apropos that you're here at UCI. This is where you work. You are a, a writing teacher here. Tell me a little bit about what you teach here at UCI. I teach the required undergraduate writing classes, sometimes called composition, rhetoric, and my own particular specialty is public policy. So trying to get students introduced to how to assess uh, political challenges and investigate the research and the literature around any number of themes and issues. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of my day job. Very good. And you, uh, you also got your training here. You got your MFA here as I well. Di- I did. I worked with the folks that I mentioned earlier and a number of other really fine writers and staff here at UC Irvine. It was quite a fun, was quite a fun thing to go back to graduate school after having been a community activist for about 10 years and coming back and uh, not having to raise money or knock on doors or get people to sign petitions well, at what, least for a couple of years. <laughs> what brought you here to, to uh, Orange County? You know, you've written a book, Orange County, a Literary Field Guide, which is what we're talking about today. What brought you here to this place? Well, I write short stories myself and uh, other fiction and a little bit of journalism and nonfiction. And at the time, the possibility of getting to go back to school and maybe learn from some really terrific writers was quite appealing. Lisa and I lived in Santa Monica, so culturally and politically, not to make too big a deal out of it, but, you know, it was kind of a big shift from the People's Republic of Santa Monica (laughs) to come out to this notorious right-wing kind of outpost, and we quickly discovered that a lot of that was hype. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Irvine has a very strong politically progressive Uh, community and we quickly found our favorite places to visit and go for outdoor recreation and for the arts in places like Santa Ana and the the whole entertainment complex in um, at the Sagerstrom and you know we we quickly figured out that there's so much here to appreciate 
along with of course discovering the natural world which i mentioned earlier which for me was a a hugely transformative kind of opportunity i mean we we lived on the coast for quite a while for about 10 years and then we discovered the santa ana mountains so we've we've really kind of taken to the place and then also through study and scholarship and writing we've also discovered some of the history including some of the unsavory history Mm -hmm. of a lot of the uh, history of right-wing organizations like the John Birch Society and so many of the fairly odious uh, kind of politically reactionary movements that have come out of here but also a lot of amazing civic Opportunities. One of my favorite is the Women Four, which is this mm-hmm. terrific organization started by self-described radical old ladies <laughs> who do this remarkable event. It's actually coming up in a few weeks called the Great American Write-In. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think, still the model that the rest of the country should adopt, where people come to an event, learn about issues, and nobody leaves until they've written a letter or two or ten to their elected officials. So... You know, it's it's easy for people from L.A. to make fun of Orange County, and justifiably so. But then I've been at events recently, say, at the Sagerstrom or at the South Coast Rep, and I turn to the person next to me, and they say, oh, yeah, we drove down from L.A. because this is where, for instance, Lily Tomlin was playing or mm-hmm. Jackson Brown was playing. So it's become much more of the world and not quite such a you know, kind of difficultly, in a difficult way, exotic sort of weirdo locale. Absolutely. And I I do find that that is, I I haven't lived here a whole lot longer than you. I've been here about 30 years. Um, So I don't know if that makes me a veteran or not. (laughs) But uh, I think I have totally seen that change in Orange County, becoming a much more culturally diverse uh, and uh, much more interesting place to live. And and I embrace it. I think it's it's wonderful that we have um, this kind of transformation going on. It does make it a much I feel less of the need to get in the car and drive up to L.A. for things interesting to do. Um, in in your in your anthology here, the Orange County: A Literary Field Guide, um, I it it. Is, is seeks to give a different voices and give different impressions of uh, perspectives on what it's like to live here in Orange County, what the Orange County experience is. And as I was reading, it occurred to me that you know Orange County has always been a place of created mythology, even when you go back to as far as. Dana Point, you know, or in the Mission Time when Richard Henry Dana is now. St- giving PR for this area by writing in his book about how this was the the most romantic place on the coast and and that Mission San Juan Capistrano and the, the Zorro legend and all these things and then you get to Disneyland and contrived master plan communities where everything is kind of created. Uh, Orange County has this kind of myth to it and anybody who's lived here for any length of time knows that that's very much just part of the story and I think that your anthology does a really good job of not necessarily dispelling it but adding to it adding some layers to it would you say I mean do you agree with that that it's kind of been a there's like a a Orange County myth sure and it was easily exploited it was easily marketed in some ways often to the benefit of the county, Mm -hmm. sometimes to the detriment of some of its residents. And maybe you could say, 
framing in an in a way that tended toward boosterism or kind of the chamber of commerce model on the other hand the name of the county is orange county and there's a reason <laughs> for that which was the massive infrastructure of agriculture and specifically citrus-based agriculture there's an excellent essay in here by my friend tom zellner who teaches at chapman and who's quite an accomplished writer and he writes a gorgeous piece in fact it was the one piece that we solicited so it hadn't actually appeared elsewhere and it explains the magic which isn't magic at all of course of the combination of citrus grown almost at an industrial scale in a climate that turned out to be perfect for it combined with the railroads which were of course almost entirely subsidized by the federal government Mm -hmm. I mean you could Mm -hmm. argue and finally the introduction of refrigeration which meant that these beautiful very famous orange crate little poster labels became the way to market not only the product of this exotic fruit which could be shipped to the midwest overnight practically but if you look at the orange crate labels you see that they're pretty idealized pictures of mm-hmm. the the so-called senorita lounging in the mission or the snow-capped Santa Ana mountains with the with the surf or what they used to call the rollers breaking off of Newport well I, I find that pleasing and gorgeous on the other hand the history of the California missions is a history of genocide so Right, you 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 take things in the particular frame that you find them, and indeed the waves of really uh, mineral exploitation and the death of agriculture finally, and the moving uh, aside of all those famous and iconic citrus orchards and the famous lima bean fields. Uh, for developers to create bedroom communities, planned communities, that still informs the place. And I think some of us who have been here a while, we still like to imagine that we can smell the citrus blossoms once in a while and find a couple of small remaining outposts. You know, there's still still lots of agriculture, the, the Manicero farms and the strawberry fields and uh, um, a lot of... A lot of that still extant, but... Yeah, there's definitely uh, that dichotomy between myth myth and reality here. And and I think they always have kind of gone to very well together. And I think you mentioned, you're, you bring up a really good point when you say that we still embrace those myths. It's part of what we love about living here. I mean, you live in the canyon area and, um, you know, very close to uh, one of my favorite historic sites, um, Helena Majeska's home at Arden. And, you know, it's... That's you can't find a more romantic place than that. Um, but and so and it's real. It's part of our history. It's definitely something that we can all embrace and and idealize. But it's not the whole story, and it's not the whole story of the county. And and frankly, what kind of an interesting place would it be if it was all just a bunch bunch of superficial myths? Uh, there's a lot more to this place, and the writing that you have in this this compilation really speaks to that. I like how you included. Um, 
you know, me, a history lover, I love how you included Terry Stevenson, uh, one of our, our most lauded uh, local historians. And not only was he uh, an accomplished historian, he knew, all, he, he spoke about it very well, and he, he was a journalist. So we have the benefit of learning history from someone who could write very well. And I, I enjoy the piece that you have in here from him. And I, I think this is not just, like I said, a story, a, a bunch of nice stories about um, fictionalized people in, in our county, but there's a lot of history that you can learn from this, this book. Is that right? Sure. Yeah. The perhaps other point of the book is to be a kind of companion to the more traditional history or the revisionist history so that it's possible that some people might not have heard of say Theodore Payne who was Madame Majeska's groundskeeper but then after he left her employ he almost single-handedly started a whole field of appreciating California native plants and a lot of people don't know that that all started up in the Santa Ana Mountains in what is now called uh, Majesca Canyon. Likewise, Terry Stevenson, of whom you appear to be a fan, he wrote a kind of journalism that you might call lore mm -hmm. or a, with a kind of wonderfully exaggerated but often very still accurate expression of uh, uh, details that seem to call out to what people wanted to see. Uh, but they're also valuable by way of recognizing the reality, like what it was like when there were, in fact, uh, when there was, in fact, an abundance of wildlife. And when the trip out to the canyons took a long time uh, on a buckboard or in, in, a, in, a, in an old jalopy. Christopher Isherwood, one of the most important playwrights of the last century, uh, well, story writer, right? His his Berlin stories were transformed into uh, work that was on the stage, of course. And he was in the next canyon over at Tribuco because he was an adherent of Vedanta and very much attracted to the these, um, at the time, sort of exotic so-called Eastern philosophies and religions. And he would drive down and spend time at the famous Ramakrishna retreat there. So, indeed, sometimes it's hard to categorize the work, the work, categorize the work as journalism or history. The fiction is pretty obvious, but it's also grounded often in the kind of history mm -hmm. telling that uh, that you're pointing to. Jessamine West uh, wrote a memoir. She wrote a novel. She wrote one of the sweetest young adult, arguably girl stories or girl woman stories called Chris Delahanty and I didn't know anything about her but when because of my introduction to her work by way of Orange County went on to read and very much value that book Chris Chris Delahanty my wife became especially engaged by the story of Anne Stanford who's one of the major American poets of the 20th century and she's from here and the two poems that are in the book come out of her childhood in La Habra, California, and in other parts of uh, Orange County. Mitsui Yamada, who whose much of her life was defined for good or ill by the internment of her family as a result of the tragic and unconstitutional 
uh, arrest and imprisonment of 120, 30,000 Japanese and Japanese Americans, she is this wonderful connection between one variety of history and another because she went on to become a scholar and a poet and a leader of the so-called women's liberation or first wave feminist movement. So there's a lot of wisdom and experience and categorizing it in multiple ways is, I think, can only be a good thing uh, Mm -hmm. at this point. So there is really just such a wealth of connections to Orange County in this literary world. And, um, you know, I I don't know why I should be surprised by that, but, you know, it was a bit of a surprise to me, the depth of it. I think Lisa and I kind of sneaked up on it ourselves. And uh, notwithstanding the, I think, merits of the book generally, there is a kind of long overdue. Yes, project here and I'm just glad that we were lucky or clever enough to kind of jump on it and it's uh, there's some through lines Mm -hmm. and indeed you can see it in the way some people treat history like John Wiener who's a UCI historian and writes for the nation and is a a terrific uh, teacher has been a terrific teacher so I was quite pleased to find his early, early visit to the then-new Nixon Library and Birthplace. And it's a terrifically mean and funny and uh, kind of revisionist history because he goes to the Nixon Library to kind of, you know, take the place on and really challenges the hagiography, the, the telling of a story that was pretty duplicitous. But then he has fun with it and he teaches more and he explains more about you know why you're belinda what does it mean and so that that piece is almost what 30 years old and it still rings true and probably doesn't maybe please too many of the mothers and fathers of your belinda <laughs> but then everything has changed there as well yeah. now the nixon library has retooled it's told the story in a different arguably more accurate way and I was happy to be there some months back and cover the reopening for the OC Weekly and see what their efforts had been to, in some ways, do what maybe Lisa and I have tried to attempt in this book, which is to tell the story a different way. Do you have something else you can read for me before oh, be, we run out? I I'd just, be pleased to. I would love to share a little bit more and uh, get everybody excited about finding this book. Thanks. I appreciate it. I, um, I'll leave people to... Uh, go online and maybe do some research but we've got quite a variety of writers some names that you'll recognize like Michael Chabon and Edward Humes uh, Tori Patterson who wrote about Corona Del Mar and Newport Beach Susan Strait who's more closely associated with the Inland Empire but has a terrific piece in here about Anaheim Hills Greg Bills who uh, has written two or three novels Yusuf Komanyaka Emmy Perez. There are about 63 writers. Uh, I have a short poem I can read for you because this has a real personal connection, I think, to me and to people from UC Irvine who might remember the poet, Victorian scholar, and teacher Robert Peters, who was an early uh, kind of performance artist and also was very upfront about his embrace of his identity as a gay man after being a father in a straight relationship 
and who lived for something like 40 years in Huntington Beach. And one of the things that he and his husband did later is walk regularly on the Huntington Beach, on Huntington, at Huntington Beach and at the pier. And this is a kind of a sad, beautiful little poem written by an old man about another old man, the photographer Howard Warner, who you can go look up and see photographed the pier more than probably any other person and who was dying when he got a visit from his friend Robert Peters. It's called Howard Warner, Huntington Beach Artist. With one good eye, reading it's problematic. Sorry. With one good eye, reading is problematic. And since the other bed is empty, there is no one there until we visit him. His arms are shriveled. He must be guided to the shower. He can't comb his hair. Nurses reposition him, punctuating the hours. When we say goodbye, he's comatose. He won't shake hands. The lifeguards and surfers he photographed should assist his transition. But we see no footprints, only the gull moans on the beach. It's beautiful. Yeah, and that's a very short poem, but we like to imagine that it has resonance for any number of reasons beyond only the obvious, familiar, and to me, very reassuring visual image of that pier, which Mm -hmm. I just adore. Mm -hmm. We're lucky to have a number of piers in Orange County, and that one is iconic and classic. And the, the photographer, Howard Warner, he owned it. I mean, he became this sort of singular documenter of that locale. And I, I appreciate it very much. And I appreciate you being with me. And I think that uh, it, that's only just, I don't know, sharing some of these snippets and images of Orange County and, and different voices, different ideas. And I appreciate you coming in. Andrew Tonkovich, thank you so much for, for coming and sharing some works from your, your new piece, Orange County, A Literary Field Guide. Now, where can I find the book? Yeah, it's now in local uh, independent bookstores in Orange County. It's also at the UC Irvine bookstore, which is called The Hill. Of course, it's available directly from Heyday, our publisher, and we encourage you to support their excellent work even beyond our book. And then I'm told that there's uh, something online called Amazon, <laughs> and of course, it's available there. Can I mention that we're doing an event at UC yes, Irvine? Yes, please, yes. Where we're can we come We're very, see very you? happy to thank uh, Dean of Humanities, George Vandenable and the good people of Heyday in person at a terrific launch party where we'll have the book for sale and we'll have eight or ten contributors reading in addition to some special VIPs and some surprise guests. And that's Friday, March 10th, which is a week from Friday, okay. 4 to 6 p.m. At, right here on campus at Humanities Gateway 1030. You can go to ocfieldguide.com and get a whole calendar of the many events, including an an art exhibit that we're doing. We're at a couple of Orange County Public Libraries. But if you're a UCI person and a listener to KUCI, on campus, Friday, March 10th at 4 in the afternoon, 
there are going to be refreshments and a lot of familiar faces and a lot of people from the UC Irvine community there. That's wonderful. I'll put that all information all on my website too. Oh, at, thank um, you. Vintage Orange, KUCI.blogspot.com. So we will keep you up to date and make sure that you get a copy of this book. And if you're a historian, if you love great writing, if you just want to learn more about the place that you live in, you will be very happy and you'll enjoy these these essays and short stories and poems. It's just, it's a cultural, rich, uh, wonderful piece. So thank you so much, Andrew, for coming in and sharing this with me. Thank you, Ellen. And thank you to you, all of you, listening to Vintage Orange this week on KUCI. I will be back next week with more Orange County history. Thank you, Paula, for being with us, too. And uh, we we will see you next week. Thanks again.